Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you know this is such an incredibly powerful topic. It's so important. Understanding how to optimize your emotional and mental states, peak mental health. And Dr. Hooper takes us on an incredible journey where we unpack the three components being knowing yourself authentically, keeping your values and your actions integrated, and then practicing grace towards yourself and others. And once again, we learn that gratitude and curiosity are likely the antidotes to many of what people are struggling with in this topic. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel. I am really excited about this month's episode. I get to once again interview the great and wise Dr. Brian Hooper. And this episode really is, as all of our episodes are, an extension of ongoing conversations I have with my clientele, my private patients. And this is about peak mental performance. Dr. Brian Hooper, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. You and I have all these conversations all the time, and it's always a great pleasure to be able to document some of your wisdom on these topics mm -hmm. that I identify as being important, but don't have the wisdom to actually package them up in full thoughts. And that's where I borrow your brain. Well, I appreciate that, but don't undersell yourself. You're a pretty wise guy yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> wise guy. <laughs> if I'm talking with you and I'm in the context of high achievers and mm -hmm. thought leaders, industry leaders, um, movers and shakers, and I'm, and I'm talking to you about peak mental health, where does Dr. Hooper's brain go to kind of maybe define that? Well, it certainly goes to, to something different than the opposite of mental illness. And I think that's a temptation is to think about, well, mental health must be the opposite of mental illness. Hmm. And I don't see it that way. Hmm. Um, mental illness is an aberration on what otherwise would be optimal functioning. So I would rather, as you're doing today, talk about optimal mental emotional well-being and uh, so my definition of that and it, you know it's not the only definition sure. and but it's what one that I'm comfortable with is that peak mental health is living with yourself and others in a way that is authentic ethically integrated and gracious hmm. living with yourself and others in a way that is authentic ethically integrated and gracious that's good and we're going to unpack that. Okay. If we were to, at a high level, look at the components of, of this definition, what would those components be? Well, since the first part is living with yourself in a way that's authentic, then the first is to know yourself authentically. Mm -hmm. And 
I look at the four, what I call the four pillars of spirituality in terms of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And the first is to be awake. Be awake to what's going on inside of you, between you and others at any time, and around you in the world. Be awake. The second is to be thoughtful. Think about it. Be curious. Mm -hmm. So I need to be awake to what's going on in me all the time, to think about it, to be curious about it, not necessarily to rush to judgment, but to be thoughtful, that is, full of thought about that. Why did I say what I just said? Why did I do what I just did? Is that in, in alignment with my deepest values and the core of who I understand myself to be? So peak mental health isn't a state that is static. Mm -hmm. It's a dynamic state. We're mm -hmm. constantly able to interact with ourselves in evaluation and constant sort of like one would do at the rudder of a ship, you know, uh, making little course corrections along mm -hmm. the way. So if you have a time when you don't feel that you're being totally authentic with yourself, being awake to that is part of your greater authenticity. Mm -hmm. Do you follow me on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I think it also it gives a definition that leaves it open for um, the fact that you actually don't ever arrive. Right? That's right. And as I say to people all the time, there's a difference between a trip and a journey or a trip mm -hmm. and a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. A trip is about getting from point A to point B. But we don't spend most of our time stepping over thresholds. Mm -hmm. We spend most of our time on the journey from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. it, it's wonderful and necessary that you got your m doctor of medicine degree. But what really matters to everybody is what you learn from point A to point B mm -hmm. and what you have continued to learn and put mm -hmm. into practice. And actually getting that degree was only the, the right to continue learning and practicing. I exactly. Mean, I, this is a, you know, Simon Sinek calls it an infinite game. Right. We're all playing games. Everything we're doing is a game. Some games have beginnings and ends and wins, winners and losers and a scoreboard. Right. Those are finite games. Right. And those have different set of rules. A exactly. different set of strategies to be successful. Right. But infinite games, they don't end. They end with death. And, and one of them is our relationship with self. Right. So it's more like being an athlete, if we want to use that analogy, because an athlete is constantly growing between games and from game to game. Exactly. Right. So with continuing with this thought of knowing yourself authentically, is that another way also of saying self-esteem or is that different? I think we have to have an authentic relationship with ourselves to establish self-esteem. It's a component of It's a component uh -huh. of it, definitely. So what are the consequences if you say, eh, you know what, I'm good with myself and or I'm not interested in knowing my true self or there is an element of myself that I'm not interested in pursuing any further. Are there consequences if one doesn't continue this journey of knowing in an authentic way yourself? Yes, and this begins to touch into the second point, but it's a lack of integration. In other words, if a person has something about themselves that they continue to not want to look at, right, mm -hmm. and not do a course correction, they're going to get off course and they may have a sense of disintegration. In other words, they become decontained unless they're constantly awake. Mm -hmm. 
to what's mm-hmm. inside of them and between them and, and others and living with full conscious participation in everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I like that's a I actually have no other questions. That was really good. I no. mean, I, I think that really mm. um, helps frame the importance of it and the consequences of not. So if did you want to say something? Yeah, I, I, just so you know, there, this is where if people don't live authentically, given enough pressure in their life, you know, they will begin to fall apart. The person who doesn't realize that they're medicating their depression mm-hmm. with, say, alcohol, will lose what they've got that is going well for them because the disintegration will take over. The lack of authenticity will take over. Hmm. And sometimes people do have to hit bottom before they start embracing themselves. So living authentically doesn't mean I have to be perfect, but it does mean I have to be perfectly willing to know who I am in the moment. And Mm -hmm. that's the beginning of real authenticity. Yeah, it's almost like it festers. Yeah. And yeah. and you might be able to kick the can down the road, but I, I, it's hard to imagine a life where you're not in the long term going to suffer consequences for this lack of authenticity. Right. And we will eventually run out of other people's graciousness mm. to cover the costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a high price. That's a high price, right? So if I'm listening to this and I'm identifying with, you know, there's a lack, there's a certainly a lack of congruency with who I am currently, with who I am authentically, or it feels like there's probably a more authentic version of me that I just am unfamiliar with. Are there some tips or tricks or some steps you would use to help someone begin the journey? like very simple, actionable steps? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me give that just a moment. How do I begin to live an authentic life? That's what you're asking. Or how do I become aware of what I'm not aware of? You could answer both. I mean, I think it, there are different passes at a similar manifestation of not pursuing or being or honoring our authentic self. Yeah. Whether I think some people are aware that they're not being their authentic self. I think some people are completely blind to it. Right. And it's this unknown trauma that continues to happen to you over and over again in this lack right. of fulfillment, happiness, joy, connectivity, intimacy. I mean, I think there's really no limit that where it could manifest. But if somebody's going along the journey and it's like, no, this question isn't for someone who is actively involved in investing in their own authentic self. It's someone who maybe hasn't never thought about this for the, this is the first time. Is Mm -hmm. there a way that you could coach someone to begin the journey to improving or identifying or investing in that authentic self? Yeah. The first place I would begin with, which actually would actually be with gratitude for what is good and sweet and true in their life. Start paying attention to that. And that may sound like it's completely different from what you're asking, but I think it's important for folks to get a broader perspective, Mm -hmm. 
to notice what is energizing for them, what's not about them in the world, so that they get some perspective. And then from that humble place of gratitude to really get curious about themselves. You know, I Mm -hmm. think people can be instructed to pay attention to what they're doing and ask, why did I do what I just did? Mm-hmm. Why did I say what I just said? And not in a way that's accusing, just from a place of gathering more information. Right. And, and also, I think, find people who are kind and thoughtful and care about you and get their feedback. Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you hear? We did an episode on the rethinking addiction, and I, I can't help but think about the power of curiosity absolutely about others and of self yes you know the rethinking addiction between two professionals is if we were far more curious about why the pain not why the addiction Mm -hmm. we would be much more impactful in our journey in helping people with addictions right but this is like turning it on itself and saying Aaron why don't you be a little more curious about why you might be anxious or why you have everything that you think you want. You're checking boxes, but you're not happy or whatever the case may be. Be curious about yourself. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. And if, and for people, and I find this happens all the time, they can't name what they're feeling inside. Mm -hmm. They can name about seven different emotions and then they run out of them. So I give them actually, you can go Google this. Okay. Go Google this Mm -hmm. list of emotions, list of feelings. And you'll get pages of different emotions that are permutations of the basics. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you're feeling, start going down that list because it's easier to figure out, oh, that's what I'm feeling rather than trying to name it. Hmm. Because people are more aware. They've been introduced to the idea, but they may not be able to name it in themselves. Mm -hmm. Curiosity and gratitude. What a beautiful combination of traits. Yeah to foster for others and for self. Right, right. And, and it, it keeps us from a rush to judgment if I can be curious about yeah. you and, and think to myself. Or uh, judging well, yourself. Right, right. If I can be curious about you, about myself, it'll keep me from a rush to judgment. Mm. I just had that um, this morning. As can you say that again? That was so good. I, th- I don't I, know I if wanna... I can. <laughs> that... Curious about others and yourself will keep you from a rush to judgment. Of yourself and others. Right. And I think hasty judgments create a lot of downstream regret. They do. Right. And and where we can minimize regret, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is back to your being thoughtful. Right. This is really good. And that's just the first component and it can happen as it did to me either yesterday or this morning driving was somebody did something in front of me that wasn't helpful and was moderately dangerous Mm -hmm. and I had to stop and say to myself I don't know what that person is going through yeah I need to let that go. And it brought my blood pressure down Mm -hmm. doctor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it brought my heart rate down and I felt better about me. It's so good. Curiosity. Yeah. Being willing to take one second and ask a curiosity-based question. So when we look at the second component of peak mental health, right. you have identified 
keeping your values and actions integrated. Right. Can you define that for me a little further? What does that mean to, to have these things integrated? Well, another way of saying it is, you know, walking your talk and being impeccable with that. That's an idea that people have been introduced to through the four agreements by, I think it's Don Louise. I'm not familiar with the author, but anyway. But, you know, integration is when, where my deepest values and my constant practice are walking hand in hand with each other. And if people don't do that, then what they experience is disintegration. They become unwoven mm-hmm. and that, that develops a cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. And then too often people treat that cognitive dissonance with a substance yeah. or a addictive kind of behavior. They soothe it. They soothe it. Mm-hmm. That's what they're attempting to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is to learn how to soothe ourselves in ways that don't disintegrate us, that keep mm-hmm. us integrated. Okay. Would you say that thing one and thing two, knowing yourself authentically, in other words, knowing your values. Right. And then living your values. Right. I mean, they're almost different sides of the same coin. One leads to the other. They really do. Yeah. Uh, that's how my brain works. No, that's why, I, that's why I'm trying to extract this yeah. framework from yeah. your brain. Figure out what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Live according to that. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't live according to that, then it's we're practicing living in a lie. And it creates emotional friction. Right. And a lack of peace. Yes. That can manifest any number of ways, lack of right. peace, dissatisfaction, right. inability to ever really be happy. Right. Like, I mean, you name it. And that's why the gratitude needs to be in there. Yes. N- because gratitude has to happen on the journey from point A to my goal of point B. If I don't practice gratitude along the way when I get to point B, I won't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. So consequences of not establishing Thing number two, which is keeping your values and actions integrated, are they the same as not knowing yourself authentically or are they somehow unique and different? What are the consequences if you know yourself authentically, but then the disconnect happens at living that, that integration? Okay, so where the the, the disintegration happens or the disconnect happens, Mm -hmm. that's another point for growth. As soon as I recognize, oh, my actions, my words are not matching my deeper values, then I can get curious about that and I can do something about that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to say, oh my God, I'm a complete fraud. I, I can recognize where things need to be tightened up a little bit, integrated more, and, and I can work on that. We are all works in progress. Yeah, I, I, I am, I'm recalling, I did, a, I did a series on the concept. I can't remember which series I presented it, but essentially I used the idea of auditing for friction. Mm-hmm. That you in, in, great, in, internally great auditing, like, how do I improve myself? Right. And I audit internally, well, where are their friction points? Mm-hmm. And like a big red X on a treasure map, like dig here. Like mm-hmm. that's a really great place. And then once you find something and you improve it, the next step is to celebrate, be grateful. But then right back around, I'm auditing for the next level of friction. That's right. Exactly. It's an infinite game. But I love how in order to really 
make sure you're integrated with your value system, you have to actually know your values. Right, exactly. And I love what you said about where you notice the friction, dig here. Yeah. Because what's a person I'm going to use, and I, I love alchemy, <laughs> and which is at the root of Jung's psychology. Mm-hmm. But when you identify the friction, you're identifying lead, right? Mm. Which is a poison. Mm-hmm. Um, poison is metal f- to have within us. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But if you dig and you unearth it and you bring it into the light of the sun, which in alchemical lore is represented by gold, they're connected, right? Mm. Then you have discovered gold because you've got something to work with and transmute. So we don't have to be afraid of it. Dig here, mm-hmm. find the lead, bring it in the presence of the sun, and let it be transfigured. Mm-hmm. Our scars can become our stars and help guide and us on the way. And they often do. Yeah. Once you're right. healed. Right. Yeah. The amount of people that I've had the opportunity to talk with who have gone through the healing process and are on the other side, without exception, their greatest lessons, joys, accomplishments were always on the back end of healing from something that was their worst moment. Well, I'll be very direct with you. The most important learning I've undergone as a therapist is come out of my own therapy Mm -hmm. as well as bringing other cases, of course, anonymously to my colleagues for evaluation and coaching and correction. Uh, And that's why I stay in therapy, because I want to continue to be on the growing edge. Well, a practice, isn't it? Yeah, it's a practice, right? Yeah, which many of us as practitioners, through a lot of forces at play, have unfortunately found ourselves doing medicine, but not practicing it. Yeah. And that practitionership and as somebody who helps people heal emotionally, spiritually, um, if you don't have the practitionership, you're not practicing anything. And I, I am a chef who eats my own cooking with my physical and chemical body. I, I am, I don't tell anyone or give recommendations that I wouldn't do for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm in the game. Right. I'm trying to figure this out too. Yeah. And I think there's a real beautiful. And that keeps you authentic. Yeah. There's an authenticity yeah. and a realness and, and it's aligned with my value system mm-hmm. because I want to right. be authentic right. and I want to be useful. Yes. And in order to do that, I have to be in the arena. That's right. That's right. So if someone is not, I mean, outside of my audit for friction, is there a way if you're working with someone and you're noticing this person is clear with what their value systems are, but they're acting outside of their value system currently. Mm -hmm. Do you have an approach or a strategy that you use or give people to help them become more congruent with or aligned with their value system? Again, I seek to be curious with them about what's happening here. This is what I've heard you say that you value, and this is what I'm observing that you are doing. And 
I see some that this is not congruent, at least from where I sit. Am I missing something, or mm-hmm. do you see it that way also? So, in other words, I don't start from a place of judgment. I don't go it's to again, judgment. It's again curiosity. Again, it's curiosity, mm-hmm. right? I might ask what keeps in- engaging in one set of behaviors when you say you espouse another. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you're trying to, and always trying to get a legitimate need met, but in a way that doesn't align so again, my job is to help them see that and then figure out what the course corrections are to get back in alignment with their deepest values. And occasionally, people have to change their value mm-hmm. because maybe it's an unrealistic standard that they've mm-hmm. got that was passed on to them and they've never gotten curious about it. Never yeah, it was more of an it. adopted value right. as opposed to something that they identified and owned. I love that adopted value versus something just identified and owned. Like, That's great. Yep. 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 For instance, the message that many people live with of always care for others, never care for yourself. Hmm. Think more highly of others than you do of yourself. Well, you know, that's a principle for many Christians and I am a Christian that that is derived from the New Testament, but it's I think taken out of context. So it ends up being self-deprecating when misapplied. Mm -hmm. And those that teach that are engaging in metaphysical malpractice, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) You must never think of yourself. Well, you know, Mm. love the Lord your God with all your heart, Mm -hmm. mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, self-love. We've talked about that in other episodes. It's just so... Kind of leads us to point three. Let's talk about point three now. Yep. We've got knowing yourself authentically. We we know that once you know yourself authentically, in order to achieve this peak mental health, we also need to walk in alignment with yeah. these value systems. Thing three, you say, is practice grace towards yourself and others. Right. Tell us more about that. Grace from the the root that simply means gift. A gift is something that's not purchased. It's simply presented. Hmm. So to live graciously with others is to gift them with empathy and compassion and forgiveness. To gift them with a respectful curiosity that doesn't rush to judgment. That doesn't mean that we don't evaluate. We do evaluate others and we do evaluate ourselves. But we don't have to to go to a place of judgment that casts them aside or permanently damns ourselves. To live in grace towards others is to live in love with them. And I was asked once what my definition of love is, and I said, well, it's to want for and work for the best for another. To want for and work for the best for another. Hmm. And holding somebody's, rubbing somebody's nose in what they've done, I don't think is in their best interest. I think if we love people and they want to make changes, we support those changes. And if we can't live with them, then we need to move on graciously. Mm-hmm. Right? Otherwise, we are tying ourselves to their behavior. And we're living in resentment. Yeah, which leaves you either in a position where you f- have to resent them because you're not acting out or you act out and you're punishing them. Right. Neither of those are serving anyone. No. no. 
So it comes back again to live graciously is to live in gratitude. Would you consider the th- these three components of kind of peak mental health continuum? Would you th- think of them as kind of stacking? Would you... Because I looked at our notes and I thought, oh, these are really great, three great talking points. Mm-hmm. But as we're talking through this, they really feel like the the borders are very blurred, mm-hmm. but they are distinct. Right. They're inter, there's an interdependency yeah. between right. all three of these right. components right. in order to right. achieve the end goal. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm, I'm leaving this totally open for you to correct me if this is wrong, but my brain almost likes thinking about this comprehensively where in order to achieve this, the best version of you, which also involves your mental emotional state, mm-hmm. that going into that place and auditing for any sort of friction, you may end up with, it may be a lack of authentic relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. It may be you're identifying where you're not living in alignment with what you are aware of as your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And it may be that you're doing all those things, but you're not extending grace to either someone or yourself. And it's dig there and you'll kind of back through and interconnect with all of these. Is that? And that's a wrap. We could wrap it up right there. Yeah. Because, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. It's like you need all three to be comprehensive, but what your entry point into this journey of optimized emotional mental health, you may map in any one of these entry points. Exactly. You can't touch one without the other. They both stack and are seamless. Yes. Wow. And it's an art. Oh, yeah. To live with this. It's creative. It's beautiful. And you never arrive. You never arrive. And that's okay because the process is what's important. No, it's other things that are infinite games like your health. When do you arrive at health? When do you arrive at being a good human? When do you arrive at being a good spouse or a good father? You, it's, you a net, it's a net score game. Right. It ends when you're gone. Right. So and leave that, a legacy, right? Leave yeah. a legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. This is our only lap around the track. So far as I know. As far as I know, too. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people go who are really identifying with this subject and really want to do some work? Is there a place, a resource that you would point people towards to begin this journey? Well, honestly, the first place I would point them is inside themselves to do exactly what we've been talking about. And then from there, find a spiritually oriented psychotherapist. And that doesn't mean necessarily a religiously oriented psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. but find somebody who value connectedness, Mm. not just cognitive and behavioral therapy. And Mm -hmm. I use those in my work, but beyond that to ask the existential questions. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? Why is life important? What's important to me? And and bring what you find to that person if you want to dig even deeper. Because this is a spiritual journey. Of course This entire topic is to know yourself. Right. And and 
for, for me, everything is spiritual. Some of the greatest spirituality work that's being done today is being done in the physics laboratory because it's recognizing in, in, at the quantum level the connectedness of everything. Yeah. Hmm. How do people f- find out more about you? They can visit my website. I would love it if they would. It's www.drbryanhooper.com. As always, you're a wizard in all the best ways, and you have a way of making things that are elusive and hot to touch, easy to talk about, and I appreciate that. Mm, Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you as a dialogue companion on the journey. You bet. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.